0: freaks happy friday i hope your first friday in october is going well and spooky and everything else um it's a very special day in the studio aka my bedroom um i've got one of my best friends for many years uh over 10 years now lexi tackett hello lexi how you doing doing so good happy to be here Glad to have you. Um, just so you all know, uh, the setup right now, <laughs> while we <laughs> went back and forth between Target and Best Buy yesterday, um, trying to get a microphone and also a mic cord um, that would be compatible, is, nothing is working, and I really don't know what I'm doing uh, with this system. So we're just passing it back and forth. Hopefully that works. <laughs> um, Lexi, tell me about like the first scary movie you ever watched. Um, so I hate scary
1: movies. I proudly will say that here on this podcast. Um, my family loves them. My dad and my sister would always go see them and they tried for years to get me to watch. Um, and one Sunday they finally convinced me to watch, uh, when a stranger calls and it's horrible and I hate it, but also like it was really good. And I actually liked it, but I'm not going to go back and rewatch it. And I'm not going to go watch another scary movie. Um, It like fucked me up, too, because I always worked with children and have babysat my entire life. So always having that in the back of my mind, like the call is coming from inside the house. Nope. I'm not here for that. You know, no, thanks.
0: Yeah, that the call is coming from inside the house is like one of the scariest lines in like a horror movie history. And no, that's like a tough one because it's like it's pretty realistic. And I don't know, not much even like happens, but it is just insanely scary. You know, home invasion, especially because there's a lot of truth to that whole narrative. So, I mean, yeah, that's a good one to be scarred by. Um, so since since. Being traumatized. Um, no horror movies, or are there ones that you can stomach or just avoid them altogether? What's the one with the creepy doll? Which creepy doll? Chucky? No. Megan? No. Annabelle? Annabelle.
1: Yeah, which one is that?
0: She's from The Conjuring.
1: Okay, The Conjuring. Yes. Okay, I saw The Conjuring on a bus to i want to say a band trip um and so like if you ever have watched a bus on a i mean a movie on a charter bus you can pay attention but also not pay attention because there's distracting things and so that's the only way that i could watch it and stomach it so i've seen it i've seen the haunting of kayla something because my friend's name was kayla And so we would watch it, but it was like two o'clock in the morning and we were 14. So we thought it was hilarious. Um, But I think that's the extent of my scary movies. I try to laugh my way through them,
0: but also I'm terrified the entire time. No, that's valid. I do the same thing. Um, Laugh through them, but it's also like not funny to me. Like spoofs of horror movies are very offensive to me. (laughs) Somebody likes horror movies, like the scary movie franchise. I'm not into it at all. But I can't believe they got away with showing Annabelle on the banned bus on the way to a fucking competition. I think it was middle school too. Middle school? middle school? No! That's just mean. There was something afoot there. Okay, I'm gonna get closer so we can do this easier. Okay, so last night, or yesterday, Lexi flew into town to visit me in New York City, and we've been hanging out. Uh, last night, we were able to catch a screening of Ghostbusters. Um, put on by Rooftop Cinemas. We were not on a rooftop. It was fine. It was cute. We were like on cobblestones and fold-out chairs and a big screen. There was like like over 100 people there, I would say. And it was a fun time. So, yeah, highly recommend doing that if you're in New York City. But also be warned it's not on a rooftop. And I don't understand. Yeah, bring your own snacks because they got nothing. Um, and probably a blanket. And your dog. Bring your dog. You know, if they're cool with movies and stuff. Um... Yeah. Okay. Should we just get into it? Okay. So as many of you know, did we even, yeah, we said Ghostbusters, right? Yeah. We're, we're, as Lexi mentioned, she's not super into the horror movies. So we're, we're taking it easy watching something, uh, more fun, but still in keeping with the, uh, the season. So Ghostbusters famously takes place in New York City. It starts in the basement of the Columbia Library, um, where a librarian uh, is freaking out because like drawers are popping open and those um, those 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 reference cards that don't exist anymore they're flying everywhere. <laughs> um, and then we uh, meet Dr. Peter Vinkman. So obviously he's the one played by Bill Murray, um, and I think public opinion is coming around to realizing that Bill Murray is a skis, even though he was so lovable for so long. But this movie definitely, uh, he's a, he's a fucking creep. I don't like him at all. Um, but we see like on his door, someone wrote like Dr. Venkman burn in hell. And I was wondering when I saw that, like, I never noticed that bit before. Why do you think someone did that?
1: So originally it was supposed to be a lot more hardcore than that. It was supposed to be, um, very explicit, things and phrases written on his door but they had to tone it down but so they just had to keep that one um I think every like he was not loved by the people at the university where he worked and probably that guy that he kept shocking (laughs) (laughs) has happened before and maybe one of them came back and said burn in hell man You keep shocking me I don't know
0: yeah yeah it you know it, it does make sense when you uh like come into the scene and see what's actually happening is that he's using shock therapy. He says to, uh, to test like negative reinforcements or whatever on ESP abilities,
1: but it's actually working because the guy is getting the answers right, but he's one card off. And then he finally gets the one with the three wavy lines. But I mean, Bill Murray doesn't care. He just wants to get in that girl's pants. So
0: Yeah. yeah, the other girl, uh, like, he's testing a dude and a girl, and obviously he's telling the girl she's doing great and praising her, even though she's doing it wrong. And the guy, even when he's close to getting things right, he's still just continuing to shock him. Um, and then, you know, the guy runs out because he's like, this isn't worth $5. <laughs> obviously. Oh, right, yeah, Ray shows up because there is a ghost at the library. Um, Ray, played by Dan Ackerroyd, who is also one of the writers. Um, yeah, I didn't realize, like, two of the... Or two of the four leads and then Rick Moranis' little character. He's uh, Rick Moranis was also a writer on this, so that was cool. It seems like a very intimate project. Also, in the first scene, I really thought that that kid was Rick Moranis. Do they not look insanely similar? Like, that's Rick Moranis without glasses, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I think so, too. And also, it looks like his IMDb picture is just him from Ghostbusters, so it doesn't look like he's had much of a career since then. <laughs> Most notable credit is male student. Good for him. Um, they sh- they just show up to the library and they start checking things out. What are these men's qualifications? <laughs> Do we know? No, um, <laughs> other than they are huge nerds and
1: they've studied "quote unquote" paranormal activity, and they throw around a lot of the like buzzwords for ghosts and um, all of the acronyms that I will never remember for the readings of when they know that the ghosts are near uh and of course you've got Bill Murray's character Vinkman who is the cool guy so he is there but he's not fully a believer he just wants to be included because he has to be he's an egomaniac so um these guys uh Egon and Ray are trying to get the scientific side of it, whereas Vinkman is the, um, what do you call it? The, um,
0: skeptic? Yes, the skeptic. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so they're in the basement and they start finding this ectoplasm, which is just like phlegm everywhere, um, and they're making sure to get samples of it. You know, Bill Murray in this movie, I feel like, is the blueprint for Chandler Bing. Like, everything he was doing, I'm like, this is so Matthew Perry. Is Matthew Perry just, like, Bill Murray a couple years younger? Not even that much younger. Either way. Um... You And it's interesting watching a movie like this with, like, a huge crowd of people because it's, like, you can tell which jokes just don't hit anymore at all and which kind of still do, which is funny. But all the ghosts in this movie are completely different from each other because the one they see in this library looks like a Haunted Mansion ghost. Like, you know, she's floaty and kind of translucent and wearing, like, old stuff. Um, and then they they really just run away from her. What? They say, get her... And- and then she what disappears or
1: yeah they they're like here's the big plan okay everybody get her and then she scares them they run away and then we don't see another human looking spirit for pretty much the rest of the movie you get the classic green guy um you get this bat looking thing later on and so it's it doesn't make sense. It doesn't track with the whole end of days theory that comes up because if it's really the dead coming back to life, who the fuck was this little green guy? I don't Yeah, we don't get any other like humanoid spirits after that.
0: Yeah. We Yeah, and even like later with the whole Zul Zool thing. Zul's like a god. Yeah, that's not even like a like a person. But um I can't wait to get into Zool, But basically, they go back to Columbia, and I think uh, uh, Bill Murray loses his job. And they don't even really explain why. They're just like, you're a sham. And it's like, yeah, we saw what he was doing. We know. Um, But of course, he's like righteously indignant about it. Um, But then they decide, of course, that they are going to go into business for themselves. And then they um, manipulate their friend Ray into taking out a third mortgage on his home so that they can pay for this operation. Um, then of course they find the famous firehouse and decide that that's what they're going to go with because Ray loves the pole and he just got a third mortgage so he can get what he wants, I guess. Um, what next? Um, I guess they then hire the receptionist who is amazing. I love her. Janine. Janine is classic.
1: Uh, she's adorable. She's snarky. um, And she flirts with Egon. Okay. I love it. Yeah. She is very upfront and um, she, I don't know, they like, they just, they're perfect for each other with
0: their little glasses. I love them. I'm interested to see what scenes got cut from the movie though, because they're, the relationship has very little build-up. You don't really know they're a thing until you see him crawl out from underneath her desk, which I love because normally it's the other way around. Um, but no, he was under her desk, and then he she like says something about his fingers. I don't know something gross. There's there's some sort of like double entendre. But then of course we have to meet Dana Sigourney. We- how do you how do you pronounce Sigourney? Sigourney Sigourney Weaver? Okay, I've always been confused about that she's just stunning uh you know she's got like the 80s um perm yeah she's uh stunning but she like she plays in the orchestra but she is carrying around what looks like an acoustic guitar case so i'm really curious about that
1: she also lives in a penthouse um on an orchestra salary so that's i'd I'd like to know how that works Mm -hmm. if i could get in on that
0: i would central park west Central Park West. No fucking joke. Um, But her uh, neighbor, Lewis, played by Rick Rick Moranis, who I know as the guy from Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. Uh I fucking love that movie. Um, And Little Shop of Horrors. But that movie, like, I I love Camp, but that movie is so camp. I'm like, this is kind of like, I only want to see this, like, in a theater production. As a movie, it's a little bit a lot but that little man is funny um but of course he's like he's super into her he's trying to get her to stop by for a party and she's just like you know please leave me alone I'm trying to go home um but eventually when they get like possessed by ghosts or spirits or whatever you want to call them they are drawn to each other and I love that I wish they could have gotten together in the end I think that would have been way better than her ending up with Bill Murray
1: no. <laughs> no. He's such a dork in like a lovable way, but also he sits there and watches through the people for when she's going to walk through the apartment hallway, which is okay, I want you to be obsessed with me, but I don't want you to be that obsessed with me. So I I don't know. I think it's um I like that they were drawn together as the gatekeeper and the key master. That's hilarious because he will never remember that. Um, Poor thing. (laughs) He doesn't know that he got to have her. Um, But
0: she... Yeah, she's good for Bill Murray. Hard disagree. I hate Bill Murray's character in this whole thing. He's just a predator. I don't like it at all. But anyway, Dana goes into her house... Do we ever find out why her TV is on? Like, there's a thing where, like, the TV keeps being left on loud. I guess her apartment's just haunted, and that's just one of the things. I think it's not the TV. I think it's the ghost noises. Interesting. Because she does go
1: in, and her TV is on, and it's, like, the Ghostbusters ad. She put it on. I think she turned it on at that point because she was coming home from work. She turned on the TV or something and saw the Ghostbusters ad before she put down her groceries.
0: Was that it? Yeah, it was before she put down her groceries, and then she puts them down. Whole thing of eggs, and a couple of the eggs just like you know the yolks just like pop right out of the shell, and then they start like frying right on the counter. And then she opens the door to her refrigerator, and it's like a scene from Labyrinth. It's like it's like a huge like cloudy, sunsetty sky, and just like a like a like a rocky island with a tower in the middle of it, and like glowy eyes coming out of a window, and it's like Zool. And so it's obviously very spooky. So who are you going to call? Ghostbusters. So she, I think she just shows up there. Does she call or Does she show she up? Shows up? Yeah. Oh yeah. Dana shows up. She's like, I don't have an appointment. She wants to talk to someone. Um, and so, but they, they hook her up to a lie detector test before they even take her story. And this woman is like down for anything. She really doesn't have a lot of questions. Um, but I guess she's got a demon in her fridge, so I get it. Um, so, of course, Bill Murray has to go and check out Dana's apartment, right? So he gets uh, real familiar in there. He's like, oh, do you live alone? Uh, you know, very much hitting on her. And she he eventually just has to get, like, shoved out of her apartment because he's being a creep. Um, but by the time he looks in the fridge, there's not a demon in there anymore. And he, uh, he negs her for eating... Uh, junk food he says a lot of (laughs) just yeah it's like
1: of course he's the one who's gonna go to her apartment because a he wants to hit on her and b he's like the most sociable of the group but if they really cared about getting the right readings wouldn't one of the nerds have gone along like dan um ray or egon definitely should have gone to go take the actual readings and see if something was happening if they really truly cared about this but of course um Bill Murray's gonna take the lead a mm-hmm. little narcissistic boy
0: yeah he literally he literally says I'm madly in love with you the first time he's in her apartment um but then he gets shoved out right and you know when he leaves of course Lewis is uh feels some type of way about that seeing a man leave his girl's apartment um so after this, I guess, they start attracting a lot more business, you know? They are, like, on the news all the time. They're always going and and, and busting ghosts. But, like, the most notable one, of course, is in the hotel, the green blobby monster, which has, like, a, like, human teeth. But that's, like, the only human quality about him. And they go up into this hotel, and they're armed to the teeth with these things, and then they almost shoot an unarmed black woman in the hallway... <laughs> she has to crouch behind her little maid cart (sighs) and then they eventually chase it all the way down into like this ballroom and the thing about crossing the lines like they can't like cross streams streams, like diagonally like shoot their things at each other because what the universe will implode did that ever come back as a thing
1: Yes, this is when you went to the bathroom. <laughs> so <laughs> Alyssa missed the best part. The whole entire stave puffed marshmallow man, front to end, missed them completely. But yeah, the don't cross the streams. Um it's classic Ghostbusters, uh, but it comes up comes up because they get to this hotel and they realize, uh, we have not tested this equipment. So hopefully it works okay. And then they go to shoot the little green blob man. And Egon's like, oh, yeah, by the way, don't do this because we'll all die. We'll turn to particles and um, the whole world will end. And the others are like, oh, yeah, probably that's a good tidbit of information. Thank you. Um, <laughs> they struggle getting this green guy. And then once and they destroy that ballroom in the process. But that is the, the first success for them. And they do get really busy after that because, of course, uh, all of this stuff going on with Zool is, um, and Gozer is, um, uh, spiking the paranormal activity of New York. So everybody's getting ghosts. Um, Zedmore shows up during this because they get so busy. They need to hire somebody else. Oh, he was supposed to be, uh, Eddie Murphy originally. Really? Yeah. They wanted Eddie Murphy for that role, but he turned it down. Um, so they rewrote it. Because, like, if it was going to be Eddie Murphy, they were going to have his character show up a lot sooner. But he turned the role down, so they rewrote
0: it to where he comes in, uh, like, more halfway through. Yeah, they said, if we're going to have, like, an actual funny, substantial black character, it has to be Eddie Murphy. Anyone else, we're going to give them half the lines. He's going to talk about God, and he's going to talk about this is a great city. And that's pretty much his entire role. It's Ernie fucking Hudson. Like, goddamn, how disrespectful. <laughs> coming in halfway like it's yeah so yeah they're all over the news they're on fucking larry king dana is like you know watching them on tv she's definitely like i don't know i guess falling for bill murray in some type of way um oh um so bill murray shows up to dana's like orchestra rehearsal and like hits on her there and says that he needs to like uh take her out to dinner to talk about the ghost or whatever and her violin player friend is uh is a little butthurt about this because I guess I guess he thought he was something special I don't know I don't know what this girl's looking for um oh yeah so this is when the guy from the EPA shows up I find this man very attractive you know I love a ginger with dark eyes <laughs> But um, I think it's very funny the way that they paint the EPA as the villain in this movie. They're like, fuck the environment. Like, you don't even... Like, there's, like, no point where, like, they take his claims, like, as credible, being like, oh, yeah, maybe we could do something a little more environmental. They're just like, no, this is the man coming in to stop our project, and we're fighting ghosts, and we're the good guys. But also, they literally say that they are incarcerating these ghosts, and I have to wonder, do you believe... <laughs> that ghost incarceration is ethical? What a question. Man. Oh, man.
1: Um, yeah, fuck them ghosts. You know, I guess they're trespassing, so maybe they should be locked up for that. Uh, trespassing not only in this realm, but wherever they show up. Um, I think the incarceration, I, maybe it's not, you know, I'm not imagining them behind bars. I'm just imagining them imagine them like locked in this behind the wall which i mean they do say like the mainframe is overloaded and all of these other things that they think sound um technical so they know that their uh their way of keeping them is is imploding but still fuck the big man of the epa (laughs) why do we have to listen to him
0: yeah he's just coming to stomp on the fun um but okay so The Twinkie thing, as it was happening, I was like, I still don't understand what they're talking about. And I'm going to read exactly what he says now. He says, it's getting crowded in there, referring to where they're, you know, keeping the ghosts. Um, And he said that something big is on the horizon. And he's like, what do you mean by big? And he says, let's say this Twinkie, (laughs) which product placement, beautiful. Let's say this Twinkie represents the normal amount of psychokinetic energy in the New York area. According to this morning's sample, sample of what? It would be a Twinkie thirty-five feet long, weighing approximately six hundred pounds. And of course they say that's a big Twinkie. And then he says, we could be on the verge of a fourfold cross rip, a PKE surge of incredible, even dangerous proportions. He's just saying words. This doesn't mean anything. That's what I mean. They're just saying all of these
1: um buzzwords for um ghost hunting. And we of course don't know what it means because it's bull. Um, yeah, the Twinkie thing though is like, if this is a, what the normal rate should look like, then this gigantic Twinkie is what it looks like now. And if it keeps getting bigger and bigger and bigger, it's going to be an explosion of epic proportions.
0: The Twinkie will explode. Yeah, I can see why that's very scary. <laughs> Okay, so then we see this gargoyle, which kind of looks like it like, looks like it's made out of like paper mache or cardboard, um, and like a like a like a real like demon dog inside of it starts like busting out of the fucking concrete. Um, so Dana goes home. She's waiting for what's his name to show up for their little date. She's on the phone with her mom for a second, and then when she hangs up the phone. Uh, like an arm comes out of the chair, and then another arm comes out of the chair, and it grabs her by her arms, and one comes like up between her legs and like grabs her thigh, and like it's just holding her into this chair. And then her like bedroom door opens, and it's like the Zool monster, this thing with horns and eyes. And then the the like the the <laughs> the chair just gets like sucked into the room. Pretty scary. And this movie has a lot of cool practical effects because it's like pre-CGI age but it is still pretty uh funny well not even funny like like the practical effects like with the chair thing I think they pulled off pretty well but then you see like the dog like (laughs) running through the street and it's a totally different vibe um but yeah so she is you know that has happened. Um, and then <laughs> back in Lewis's party, um, he's just trying to entertain his guests, and he hears like a growling coming from the bedroom, which, like, their apartments aren't even close to each other. So I don't know. I don't know how this dog is traveling. I think there's two dogs. That's what it is. That's right. Because one of them's a the gatekeeper, and one of them's the key master. Interesting. These two, they're soulmates. (laughs) Um, So then we just hear or we just see like the dog like jump out at everyone and everyone is screaming. Um,
1: Most of Rick Moranis' lines are also ad-libbed. Him and Peter Rinkman, um, Bill Murray, they're uh, the scenes were not they didn't they did not stick to the script. I'll say that Um, they ended up. Um, ad-libbing a lot of it. And this scene where he, Lewis is throwing this party, it's a one-shot scene. And so he's just making this all up. He's improvising as he goes. So all of those uh, conversations that he's having with his clients, he thought of those on the spot because he's good like that. Um, But he thinks it's a dog in the apartment and then it's a bear
0: and then it's a cougar so (laughs) it changes it's very scary and it chases him like all through Central Park and then up to like he finds this like wedding party and he's banging on the windows and no one's paying him any attention and then it like leaps at him and I guess this is the point where like the soul like leaps into his body um but back are we back at Dana's apartment yeah back at Dana's apartment Um, Bill Murray shows up and she, she's wearing like a shiny gold caftan and like her makeup is, is looking good. And she opens the door and it's like, the wind is like blowing back her hair. She's like full sex appeal. And she says, are you the key master? And Bill Murray says, no. And so she shuts the door on him. and then he knocks. And two seconds later, she, she opens it again and says, are you the key master? And he's like, yes. Um, So, they go into the apartment, and she starts saying, I am Zul, I'm the gatekeeper, and that we must prepare for the coming of Gozer, Um, and then they're, like, they're, like, on the bed, and she's being very sexual, very much, like, coming on to him, and he's just like, uh, you seem to be possessed by a demon, so I'm gonna say no, which it's, like, see, You say consent king, I say it kind of seems like this man was only into her when she was rebuffing him, and now that she's into it, he's not into it. I just think that's interesting. Like, what's the worst that can happen if you fuck a demon? I mean, probably bad things, but also, she's possessed, she can't give consent. That's an interesting point. That is an interesting point. Yeah, fair enough, fair enough. Okay. Um... But yeah, I remember as a kid watching this scene and being like, this is too much for me. Like when she says, I want you inside of me. And like as a child, I didn't even know what that meant. And I was like, I know I shouldn't be hearing this. (laughs) Um, So she's like growling and shit. And I guess he eventually is able to subdue her. She's floating
1: above the bed and turning. And that was a she was in a full body cast for that. Like um, she they raised her up on these poles um, so that's one of those, like you said, with the chair, like the physical effects looked really good because they had people on uh, staff that like worked in Broadway shows and things. So like they knew how to do that part. The computer effects, horrible, terrible, looked awful. Hate them, but love them.
0: Yeah, same. So, okay. Now we see the police are fully in cahoots with the Ghostbusters. <laughs> they pick up Lewis, who's, you know, possessed by Gozer and brings him straight to the Ghostbuster station. And is like, hey, we don't know what to do with this guy, um, and they're like, yeah, no problem, we'll take it from here. Um, and so Lewis is saying that his name is Vince Clortho, Keymaster of Gozer. They all these people have too many names. Uh-huh. <laughs> okay, those, this is what he says. He says, Gozer the Traveler, he will come in one of the pre-chosen for- forms. During the rectification of the Voldroni. the Traveler came as a large and moving torb. Then, during the third reconciliation of the last of the Mechatrix supplicants, they chose a new form for him, that of a giant slore. <laughs> Many shubs and zools knew what it was to be roasted in the depths of a slore that day, I can tell you. <laughs> which I love. Do you think he improved that one?
1: I hope so. I also just laugh at this word slore because now uh, all I know it is is slut whore, slore. And so like hearing it again <laughs> with that connotation in my head with it was hilarious. Um, I feel like the last time I saw this movie, I did not uh, have that.
0: So it just made it even more funny for me. Okay, and so Dana has been subdued. Apparently, uh, Bill Murray gave her 300 cc's of Thorazine. I don't know what qualifies him to carry around <laughs> intravenous drugs like that, but either way, I guess he's subdued her now. So now we've got the Keymaster and we've got the Gatekeeper, and Bill Murray's like, okay, great, yeah, we gotta get these two together. Finally, finally, Lewis and Dana can make it work. Um, so. What happens next? Oh, yeah. Ray and uh, Zed have a conversation about God. And, um, you know, they talk about Revelation seven twelve and the coming of Judgment Day or whatever the fuck. Um, oh, so the guy... <laughs> this is so funny to me. The guy from the EPA shows up at Ghostbusters headquarters with a warrant, apparently. And... I don't think the EPA has ever uh, been given this type of authority or police powers at all, but he's basically trying to shut down everything um, because they're handling waste uh, inappropriately or whatever. But, like, the cops are on their side, so I don't even know how this man got a warrant in the first place. Um, But, oh, yeah, and he says that... Uh, they're facing uh, federal prosecution for environmental waste violations. Which, again, I don't think a guy at the EPA has this power. Like he would just turn it over to the U.S. attorney and he would do that. But anyway, I'm a law nerd, so that's why I—that's why it stuck out to me. But either way, so they, so the EPA guy is telling them that they need to shut off this uh, this containment system where all the ghosts are. Um, But apparently turning it off would be like dropping a bomb on the city. Do they mean that by like the ghost just getting out or what? I think they expect an
1: explosion with it, which does come. I mean, I don't think the explosion of the firehouse equates to dropping a bomb on New York City. (laughs) But maybe with that and the ghosts that get released, uh, that's like the Twinkie explosion right there so also they're dramatic they are and I think they're making most of this up on the spot like they don't really know what's gonna happen if they shut down um the containment and so they'll say whatever they have to say to make the EPA guy go away
0: yeah I feel like these guys only qualifications is just like obscene unearned confidence (laughs) um yes exactly So, yeah, the firehouse explodes. Um, Oh, yes, and this is when, like, the pink crap starts, like, being shot into the sky. And, like, it looks like lightning and smoke and shit, but it's, like, pink. Um, I don't know. Then what happens? And, like, all the action starts. And I don't even remember.
1: Lewis runs away. He's off to find the gatekeeper. And then the Ghostbusters get called in by the mayor. And Peck goes with because Peck, EPA guy, is like um, sticking to his guns. He still thinks he did the right thing, even though all of these ghosts have been released, which at this point, I think it's just to save himself the embarrassment. He knows he was wrong. He's very stressed. Uh, but he refuses to back down. Um, And the mayor is calling on the Ghostbusters because the Pink Lightning released all of these ghosts, which again, none of them are humanoids. So I don't understand how it's the dead coming back to life, Judgment Day kind of era, unless it's, um, I guess, kind of like Gozer and Zul. They're from that other dimension or whatever. So they're in the mayor's office, and of of course it's Peter Vinkman who is going to say the right thing to convince everybody to be back on their side, and um, convinces the mayor to let Ghostbusters not be arrested, and instead go save the city.
0: Exactly, and uh, while this is happening, the keymaster and the gatekeeper find each other, and because Lewis is so small and Sigourney Weaver is so big, she like dips him to kiss him, and it's so funny. I just love that. Um, but yeah, they like went to jail, but then they they got out because the mayor was like, "You gotta uh, fix this shit." And the EPA guy gets you know taken away because he's not doing his job. While they're talking to the mayor and they're trying to explain everything, uh, you know how Vinkman
1: and Egon and Ray they're all like, "It would be the end of days," and this this would be so bad. And they make all of these comparisons, and then Bill Murray says, "Um, dogs and cats living together, um, mass hysteria." Uh that was like a classic line. It was voted some best line in a movie for forever like up to like 2010 I want to say. Like people still quote that line. So uh
0: he gets all the good ones, I guess. No, I I didn't know it had won awards, but my stepdad loves to say that and he probably says that every other day. Dogs and cats living together. Um but yeah, no, it, that that was a good line. Um so Oh, yeah, so then they're going to go to the, the Central Park West building because I guess this place is like a hub of activity for all these ghosts. I don't really... I, I guess they kind of explain why, but not really. So the creator of the building uh, got bored and started a cult,
1: basically. Oh. So everybody who lived in that building then started worshipping Gozer. Uh, and something about uh, Dana's apartment being at the corner is like the central activity for this. So that's why she ends up getting all of this activity in her apartment is because it's just location, location, location. Um, But Evo Shandor is his name. And he he built it with some sort of material that is not good and uh, attracts ghosts. So that's pretty much the extent of their explanation for this. And I mean, this comes back in the other Ghostbusters movies in the remake and um, in the afterlife one.
0: So it's a running plot line. Gotcha. So they're climbing up the steps of this building, I suppose, because the elevator is out. They don't really I don't even think they say that, but they they begrudgingly walk up 22 flights of stairs um, and make it into Dana's apartment, um, which is like at this point pretty like destroyed and like open air, I think. Right. Um, and then, yeah, so they see Dana and Lewis, um, and they're, you know, growling like dogs, I guess. Um, and like lightning strikes them and uh, it says Gozer pets the terror dogs, which one I'm so confused of what's happening. The
1: lightning is making them, you know, seize, and then they turn into the dogs, and then uh, another explosion happens, and that's when we see the staircase up to Gozer, who is very David
0: Bowie-coated. But it's Sigourney Weaver, right? No. The whole time I thought that was Sigourney Weaver with her hair slicked back in, like, a bodysuit. No. You're kidding. No 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 no
1: she's one of the dogs sigourney weaver and lewis they are the two dogs and gozer is a completely separate person uh and they make a joke about like um gozer's gender uh like i thought gozer was a man and they're like they are whoever they want to be and so you know
0: love that hell yeah non-binary icon yeah, again, like, Gozer's, <laughs> Gozer's known for Ghostbusters and doesn't even have a photo on IMDb. But damn, I really thought that was Sigourney Weaver in an outfit change. <laughs> oh, my God. This, is like, when I was a kid and watching movies and stuff, like, rom-coms, like, until the age of, like, 14, it was really hard for me to differentiate between, like, the white male characters in, like, any given rom-com. Like, love triangles were very confusing for me. But anyway... <laughs> not so grainy weep it's a it's someone with hella cheekbones and reddish brown hair so pretty close um so again they say go get her <laughs> um and you know they're like I order you to cease all supernatural activity um and of course they don't uh so they're they're trying to they're trying to shoot them with their their thingies um wait this is when you went to the bathroom. it is it's miller time <laughs> why <What? laughs> he just says it's miller time um yeah so that, the shit starts going down it's miller time and this is uh when i uh went to the bathroom because i had to pee insanely bad i went to a restaurant called pestis which seemed very fancy i'm really glad they let me in <laughs> but yeah so this is when the marshmallow guy shows up why is it stay puffed marshmallow is that that just another product placement <laughs>
1: It is. There's a reference to it um, in Dana's apartment when she brings in the groceries and the eggs are exploding. She has a package of stave puffed marshmallows. So it's product placement, but it's also like Ray was nowhere near that and Ray's the one who thinks about this. So you went to the bathroom at the worst part, aka the best part. Uh, So they're up on this rooftop and they're trying to get Gozer with their um, proton beams and they just can't do it. She's he, they are too powerful and elusive. Uh, so they're like, we have to cross streams. Um, I loved working with you guys. Okay. Uh, but Gozer says, um, choose my form, choose then perish. So when the Keymaster earlier was talking about the Gozer changing forms, um, they mentioned it again with Evo Shander with like choosing the form of, of this end of days creature. Um, Gozer says, choose them perish. And so Vinkman's like, everybody clear your minds. Don't think of anything, no thoughts. So it's silent for a few seconds. And Gozer says, it's been chosen. Mm Um, and (laughs) Ray is looking very guilty and, um, then Gozer starts to change forms, and it's the giant stay puffed marshmallow man. And Ray is like, I was trying to think of something like harmless, and it would never hurt us. And it, it reminds me of my childhood. We would go camp and make s'mores with the marshmallows. Um, so, giant stay puffed marshmallow man starts wreaking havoc, uh, Godzilla style, and <clears throat> they have to blow them up so they cross the streams and they think that they're gonna die so they say their very loving goodbyes to each other it's been great waking with you and it's like yeah shut up guy um just cross your streams already and they explode and everybody is covered in marshmallow fluff basically
0: yes when I got back everyone was indeed covered in marshmallow fluff um and then yeah and Egon says he feels like the floor of a taxi cab um and then they oh they come across these gargoyles again and they're the like people are like trapped inside of them like dana and lewis are each like trying to bust their way out of these gargoyles that they've become trapped inside somehow um and so they get her out and that's pretty much it So, yeah, um, then it's suddenly daylight, and they just exit the building, and, you know, a bunch of people are outside cheering them on, super excited, and um, Bill Murray and Sigourney Weaver, uh, they kiss, and it's cute, I guess. Janine and Egon, they have another good kiss because they
1: are madly in love as they should be. And poor Lewis is lost and doesn't remember anything that happens. And he just wants to be part of the team. And they all just leave him there,
0: poor guy. They should really get Lewis to just do their taxes, like bring him on yeah. for, for what he's good at. But man, that scene when like you see like Dana and Lewis like they're in like Gozar and 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 whatever form and like they're like getting up and Lewis's like belt is just hanging out half like in front of him like it's like it's like his dick hanging out practically but it's a belt and it's just like oh this poor guy you won't even know but um yeah <laughs> that was ghostbusters so very few ghosts and I think that's my biggest complaint about the whole movie is there are very few ghosts and that the lore is very confusing. Um, have you ever had any experiences with ghosts? Nope, not a single thing. Me neither. Do you believe in
1: ghosts? I would like to say yes, but like, no, because I, I mean, I don't know. I want all of these other things, mythical beings to be real. That'd be amazing. Um But I'm not the girl in the book that all of these things are going to happen to. So if they exist, I'll never know. Interesting.
0: Yeah, I've never, I don't think I've ever had a brush with the paranormal, but I'm very much like, you hear like other stories from other people that are like, so like convincing and it's just like, who am I to call anyone a liar? Um, But I definitely don't think they take the form of like, green blobs. And like... The Stay Puff Marshmallow Man was scary. Like, he was stepping on shit and, like, wreaking havoc. But the little green guy, he was just, like, eating hot dogs. He was just, like, you know, having a good time.
1: I think they're just there for the chaos. Like, the the small-level ghosts, they're just there for the chaos. Gozer had a purpose. He was not necessarily a ghost, either. He was a god, you know? So um, I think the only reason he showed up was because of the paranormal level that was happening um i i don't know they relate somehow you can't have one without the other or something so yeah ghostbusters or godbusters
0: mm. Ooh, mm. Gozar <laughs> <those> busters <laughs> um and you saw the like all-female remake right yeah. kate mckinnon leslie jones yeah. was uh melissa mccarthy in that yeah, I think I saw it exactly once, and I remember liking it more than I thought I would. So, um, But then there have been sequels, too?
1: There's a Ghostbusters 2, which was five or so years after, which is basically like they're bankrupt. Um, everybody didn't really stick together afterwards. But, of course, now there's more ghosties in New York, so they have to come back together. Same plot, different, you know time um and then in like 2019 2017 somewhere like that they had Ghostbusters Afterlife so it has nothing to do with the all-female remake which I loved um I don't care I will support that movie always um but the Ghostbusters Afterlife was like somebody's grandson I want to say Egon because he's the one who died um uh Paul Red was in it love him and it was pretty good too. Um, not very memorable for me. I think they tried to make it way more serious. I am, um, a lover of bad movies. Um, and I, Ghostbusters is a bad movie. It's a good movie, but it's a bad movie. Like, I don't know. It's one of those, like, yes, it's a classic, but it's a classic because it's obviously bad. Um, They weren't trying to do something spectacular with it, but it's a cult classic, so it is in itself
0: spectacular. Um, I liked Afterlife okay. Yeah, I haven't seen it. I wasn't even sure if this was a real movie because the only time I've seen this movie cover is on, like, ads for, like, like... I think they're, like, ads for, like, storm preparedness or something. Like, in New York City, like, random bus stops have this ad still with, like, Paul Rudd on it. And I'm like, was that movie real? But, yeah, like, the original cast comes back except for Egon, who died in 2014. Um, But then you've also got Paul Rudd and Finn Wolfhard.
1: Now, when they come back, they're cameos and they're not their original characters. So... most of them like one of them is a is a cab driver like they're themselves but in a way where like it's not obvious like they're not coming back as the ghostbusters they have other jobs like um one of them is a cab driver i want to say that that's right i could be
0: wrong that's crazy on imdb they're credited as their like original character names so i wonder if they just (laughs) their lives fucked up and now they're doing something else
1: Maybe. Check um, the all-female remake because maybe that's what I'm thinking of. Maybe I'm getting them mixed up, which could also happen. Like I said, I saw it maybe twice and it wasn't like as classic because they were trying to be way too serious about it. Finn Wolfhard was there. He was like um, going off of his little Stranger Things uh, fame. So they were trying to get it to be really popular and it just it didn't do what it needed to do. Uh, I mean, neither did the f- all-female Ghostbusters remake like I would consider it a cult classic because of who I am I loved it and um just like with the female remake of Oceans 11 Oceans 12 something like that yeah yeah something like that I love that one too but Just because it's I mean, it's a good movie too. Like it does it's not just good because it is the female remake. Like they obviously put work into this, but because it's the female remake, it's a it's a either side of the aisle kind of issue.
0: Yeah. Got real snubbed. And it yeah, it is interesting the way that like the way that this the female remake came out, um, and then like what? in the In the next couple of years, they have this weird sequel that has a couple of the original writers, but like and all these people coming back for cameos in a way that it doesn't look like they did for the the female remake, so it's like feels like there was there might have been animosity from the original men even about this remake, but whatever that's old news. remember when people were mad about this. this was also in twenty sixteen people were mad about fucking everything. <laughs> a bad year um for a lot but this has been a lot of fun thanks for coming on thanks for having me <laughs> thanks for listening you guys please you know rate review subscribe um and follow me on instagram okay talk to you later bye <laughs>